Schaefer. Schaefer, are you there? Hey, let me walk you through our Donnelly nut spacing and crack system rim riding grip configuration. Using a field of half C sprats and brass fitted nickel slits, our bracketed caps and splay flexed brace columns bent dampers to dampening hatch steps of one half meter. Here I am, here I am, right inside your ear. How did I appear here in your ear? I, uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm not, at, I'm not actually in your ear. Uh, I'm, I'm in my ivy-covered co- cave in the, uh, in, in East Austin. I, uh, uh, night, night has fallen once again. <laughs> sorry, I messed my joke up again. <laughs> Ivy Covered Cave, you know him, you love him, Matthew Rampy. It's One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast. Spectacular. Welcome, Matthew. Now I cast, now I cast with you here. We're just two lost boys podcasting with joy year after year. Running over the same old content, but do we reach the same old ears? I'm podcasting up here. Boom, 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 boom. We're not in your ear. We're in your heart, which actually ear is in the middle of heart. I don't know if you know that. Apparently, I wish I was ear. <laughs> I love it when you totally flub uh, your joke at the front. Of the I'm sorry, you know. I was just thinking. I do that, you know. I do that more often than I should. I I, I get a joke in my head, and I'm like, I'm going to pull this off perfectly, and then it doesn't happen. But you know, while I was doing that just now, I thought, you know, this is how much I love One Magical Nation, and this is how much One Magical Nation loves me. That I can just go into the introduction like that. And I can just totally make a hash out of things. And, but I feel okay just pushing right on. I know I said, One Magical Nation's going to understand. We're going to get through this, all of us together. We're going to have a fun night no matter what. We could rewind and do it again. But we're not going that to. Would, that would be very unlike us, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. What's new, Matthew? Well, Shafee, I'm feeling pretty good. I was, uh, do you hear those digital hits right now? I'm sorry about that one, Magical Nation. There are, we do have some ghosts in the machine here. Did you hear me when I was talking about Buddy Holly and the day the music died in the last episode? There were a few little like, I don't know, something, something about the first of the show. I think it's the electricity. Um, you know, I think it's just the excitement in the air. I don't, I don't know. Um, I definitely I, know there are some funky things happening. Yeah, yeah. W- welcome to episode 69, brah. We've got a guest this evening. Uh, we're going to welcome director of exhibitions at the Contemporary Art Museum at Lagoon Gloria in Austin, Texas, Steve Griffin, another friend of Schaefer's. Like, uh, someday we'll get one of my friends on here. Oh, wait, you're here. 
Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we're actually going to go to Laguna Gloria tomorrow morning. We got a reservation for 940 to just walk around the grounds. And, oh, cool. Um, we, I asked the queue from the J. I've, I've been asking queues from the J to my kids. Mm-hmm. And um, we were in the car this morning, and I was like, okay. The whole family was in the car. I said, what is your favorite work of art? And Isabel, Isabel's mind went to this statue that's in this like, massive statuary that's at Laguna Gloria in the grounds. So we're going to go review I that love tomorrow. Some of those that's a good, uh, good great yeah. choice. Great choice, Isabel. Yeah. I was talking to the kids. Uh, actually, Isabel and her buddy at school, well, in the pod, uh, made a movie and they titled it Deja Vu. And they were talking about it. And Griffin was like, What's, What is Deja Vu? And Isabel was like, well, bud, you know, it's a feeling that you get that where you feel like you've been to this place before. And so then we ended up having a whole little conversation about deja vu. It would have been funny if Isabel had said, it's how the Mandela effect manifests in our reality. (laughs) That was her, that that was in her notes, but she didn't get to that. (laughs) I started talking about deja vu. It's a, it's a phenomena that, I have enjoyed throughout my life. Um, I, I remember instances of it hitting me and what pieces of the scene were related to make me feel deja vu. And as we started to explain it to him, you know, there is that, there's the deja vu of like, for instance, we were driving home from their school and Isabel's like, Oh, I'm having deja vu right now. We drive by here every day. You know, there's that kind of pedestrian, Deja vu, where maybe you've lived in a place and taken away to work so many times. You're just like, oh, I remember this. I remember coming back from San Francisco and I didn't have a professional job set up in Austin and I had to go back to waiting tables for a bit. And I, I went back to Romeo's where I had waited in college and it felt very like, oh, here I am back here. <laughs> I'd had this great adventure and I'm like, I'm back here doing this thing. And I remember. You know, you got the server trays that are like, I don't know, they're like 12 inches or whatever, you know, and the cocktail trays, right? And there's a little pocket at the end of the bar that holds them. And I remember like putting server trays back in that pocket and just feeling like, oh, deja vu. But then there's that other deja vu, which is a little more mystical, where it's like, you're in a place doing a thing, maybe in like a country you've never been to with people you've just met or something. And then you have that like, moment of clarity where you feel like oh I, I feel like i've been here before i've done this before i personally have always taken that to mean you are in the right place right now <laughs> you are hitting your mark in life right now that's that's your deja that's why it's seeming to to be just right in a certain like time is not linear but time is cyclical kind of way it's like then you start talking about like universal feelings and experiences and emotions and how there's nothing new under the sun and if you've if you've lived a thousand times through reincarnation then it's like oh maybe you have been here before you know we have all felt everything so you know those those are the type of uh, conversations i have with my kids i think that that sounds like for them I uh, I went and visited uh, 
Dottie today, my niece, um, and well, the whole the whole family except uh, Shafi and Dick were away, so it's just Kathleen and Dottie there. For so, those who don't know, Shef Schaefer's nephew is named Schaefer. His, yeah. he has a namesake. It gets confusing. Yeah. So Dick's my brother. Kathleen's my sister-in-law. Dottie and Shafi are their kids. Uh, so Dottie and I took the quiet quiet time to. Uh, to put uh, to catch up the dream, uh, the Math uh, Matthias dreams. You know, I got uh, uh, I got a uh, photo album for them to put the dreams in. So, and yep. so, so at the end they'll have the book of one hundred. So we took some time to catch up, and it's funny. Dottie is really good at at you know occasionally dropping like a very adult sounding phrase, and <laughs> Dottie uh -huh. looked up and said. I just love spending time with you. <laughs> I was like, well, I love spending time with you too. <laughs> she's quite a lady, right? She is. She is quite well spoken. Getting very good at reading too, which is exciting. Um, and so, is she enjoying the Svalina dreams? Yeah, uh, the kids don't seem to. They don't get quite as much out of them as the adults do. But but that's all right. Um, I think they're you know they're they're pretty confused about you know a lot of a lot of the humorous stuff. Mm, right uh, is kind of. But there are some times when they're just you know when they just really laugh really hard because it's like you're talking to a turtle or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's really is good fun for the whole family. I've certainly enjoyed. I still have unopened envelopes. I'm I'm taking mine slowly i don't nice. want them i don't want them to end yeah <clears throat> they're in a way they are like cues from the j because you end up thinking about them yeah <laughs> that that's what we should tell people shafe when they say when we're in an elevator doing our elevator pitch and say say oh what's your podcast about i, I have a media uh, uh, conglomerate what's your podcast about you say it's about thought provoking shit you can without the profanity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we, we won't say it's about Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to. Uh, I and the hunter gatherers have been meaning to have a discussion with you about your. And as we know, Schaefer is the title guy. He's the writer of the team. Yeah. And he's been we've talked about how. Jack Sparrow has, for some reason, anytime it's used in the title of a podcast, that the, the downloads go crazy on that cast. And now Schaefer has gone crazy putting the title of Jack Sparrow or putting dropping the name of Jack Sparrow. And I'm sure you've noticed if you've downloaded <laughs> any one. But we talked about maybe not doing that going forward. Where were yeah. we on that? <clears throat> but you know, we had we had kind of yeah, we had talked about it, but uh, oh, no, I, no, I had talked about it. <laughs> no decisions were made. Oh, okay, uh, well, I'm entering my vote here. I think that we should stop putting Jack Sparrow. Maybe well in the future, where we're making a reference to this golden age. It's fun. It's funny, you know. Uh, Brian Benitez got at us, and he said he didn't he didn't understand. Like it was confusing for him, um, which you know. Kind of confused me because we talk about it a lot here. 
Right. Know? That makes it sound like he's not really listening. To me. That makes it sound like he's just reading the, the episode titles. To me, I felt like, you know, the Jacks had kind of become like an inside joke, you know, and, you know, another one for us. And I, I asked Adam about it. Adam came by the bar last night and I asked him about it. And he said, yeah, you know, I feel like it's kind of just another, another running gag. Mm, okay. Um, and uh, so he agreed with that. However, you know, I wanted to talk with you through it because I can think of some reasons. Like it's, it can be kind of, you know, it can be uh, confusing for our brand, you know, if we, if people are coming expecting to see some sort of Disneyland Johnny Depp, you know, uh, related content or something. That's Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. And there are golf fans who type in Jack Sparrow. He's a, he's a hot up and coming golfer, I think. I had no idea. And um, when I when I put Jack Sparrow in the search engine to see where we popped up, and we did pop up pretty quickly in the search, there were some golf related podcasts. Wow, uh, ahead of us there, I, which just burns my britches. I can't believe there's a golf related podcast that are beating us in the ratings. <laughs> no, I love golf. Come on. Um, <clears throat> there's probably a lot of podcasts that are beating us in the ratings too yeah well on all sorts of matters they better watch their backs yeah but not for long yeah we're coming for uh you know thanks to our listeners in india and thanks to all those jack sparrow fans out there (laughs) uh no so i to 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 address to you matthew i hear you i definitely i will uh i will lay off the jack sparrow going forward but I will not promise that it won't eventually come back. Because well, I, I think that the tactic is not un, invalid. I, I just think you, we should be trying some other hot internet um, words. I think we, I, I, we need to do a little research into most gorgled things lately right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and just be dropping those and that'll be fine. And I think that that's a valid, um, yeah, yeah. Tactic. We're, we're in a search for ears here. We're trying to grow a community. And if you don't give us a try, you're never going to know the joy, the comfort, the hilarity, the thought provoking. Yeah. That comes with one magical hour. And thanks, oh. to, thanks, to thanks to everyone who's tried us. Uh, and, you know, even if, you know, maybe you didn't necessarily think that it was for you, that's, that's fine, too. Who's, li- who's listening that didn't think it was for them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wanted to say, wanted to say hello to uh, our buddy John in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that that's you out there. Those 11 downloads in the last 28 days. Um, thanks so much for listening. I miss you. I miss Marion. Uh, I think we should have John on the show as, uh, especially since he's the listener. He is, he is the one regular listener closest to our, our hotbed, our hotbed of fandom that is India. Uh, he's the one for sure regular listener that I know of. Uh, who's out there? Uh, I, I just can't imagine the feelings that must go through people's bodies when you say their name on the air and then say, we got to get them 
we, we got to get this person on the air. <laughs> and then people are like, I, I, I imagined like this gesture of taking your finger under your collar just to let out a little bit of steam. <laughs> or I don't know. I mean, some people might be, yes, do that. I'm ready. And, some, and, some, and there's a, probably a lot of uh, never, not, not a chance. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when I would time, find time for that. Thank you. <laughs> And it's uh, all of the, no no one of those answers is more or less legitimate than the other. We uh, we appreciate all of you. We appreciate all your emotions spread out before our cast. Uh, yeah, and I was going to say, I'm sorry, I was going to say something else about you. Were going to say, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know. Uh, my apologies for uh, my, you know, my little rant the other day. Uh, hopefully, you don't need to apologize. Hopefully, it made some sense and or was you know entertaining in some way. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Listen to listen to my uh, my my Kipling rant. I, boy, I there were a lot of us and a lot of you knows in there. I and, didn't I didn't notice either time in real time or listening back. You know. That means that I'm thinking about what I'm saying, which I assure you guys want me to do that, not, not the uh, alternative. Which is... So wait, are you saying you've been thinking about what you're saying? <laughs> I tried to. I tried to, yeah. I try to think while I'm talking. There's something on the show sheet, and I don't know if we have time before Steve Griffin, but I don't even know what it means. You keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> is it is it United Arab Emirates? Because that's just a funny pronunciation of Emirates. Emirates. <clears throat> no, that wasn't it. Is it Yao's Latin? Oh yeah, yeah. What is that? What's that mean? Uh, yield workshop. <sighs> Dude, like people are making acronyms of my own segments, and I'm totally clueless. Yield workshop or Yao. Okay. Maybe we have time. Maybe we have time and, you know, some rhythm for your word shop. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely have time. Uh, real quick, I came across this one I was reading the other day. Do, do you know where the phrase hocus pocus came from? Is that that movie with Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> There's... There's that, but it's, you know, it's the words used by, it says, uh, uh, commonly adopted by a juggler or a magician. magician. Um, I do not know the, the origin of that, sir. And now, of course, it kind of, I think, you know, people say, oh, that's a lot of hocus pocus to me. It's, it's a lot of, you know, diversion or sleight of hand. Uh, it comes from the Latin phrase, Hoc es corpus meum. Hoc es corpus meum. Okay. Yep. This is my body. It's from the Latin Mass. Oh. Latin Catholic Mass. Hocus corpus. Hocus corpus. Hocus corpus. <laughs> huh. Which you know that's you know and that and that's part of the transubstantiation. You know that's the turning of the bread in the uh, wine sure. into the body and blood of the Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. So that, like, that is, 
that is an act of, of you know, magic by, uh, you know, by any word, by we, any definition we, of that word. We call it the Lord's Supper, and the magic is that the Protestants pass off uh, grape juice for vino. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Catholics definitely drink the real stuff. Yeah, smart. Smart. <laughs> it's for all my Boston Catholics. Smart. <laughs> I thought that those thought that that was thought that was interesting, curious. Um, uh, that's part of that. I'm still reading that Sapiens book that I was talking with you guys the other day. Uh, very interesting. A lot of fun stuff in there. Um, definitely. Uh, you know, I I kind of mentioned to you guys that I'm uh, that I'm kind of building up to like a yield workshop kind of an extended version where I talk a lot about, because I have a lot of ideas in my head about the meanings of words and how that creates the reality around us and how it, uh, how it creates our own reality. Um, like it's pretty, uh, pretty wild stuff to get into. Um, but I'm getting closer to, uh, to whatever, whatever that rant is going to turn out to be. I'm excited. So you're, excited you're fastidiously, researching and curating a rant of a, a, a future rant you're pre you're promoting a future rant here no look i, I think this is totally valid i just want to be clear what's that, what's going on another uh, another thing about that sapiens book i think that it ends with uh, much talk of the singularity which is another uh is, is that forward promotion is that what got you talking about the singularity recently no i i'm always thinking about the singularity you know, either a little bit or a lot. <laughs> so, mm, mm, yeah. Because um, we're close. We, well, I, we I mean, we're obviously so, closer closer than ever. We are close, yeah. yeah. We are excited. Yeah. It's coming. It'll be one of those things where you, you anticipate it for so long <laughs> that your anticipation sort of warps your judgment about it. I have no doubt that that's true. Uh, yeah, it's like I, how I feel like every like every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday when I'm getting ready to do the cast. You know, it's like waiting for the singularity. I thought you were going. <laughs> I thought you were going like like waiting for the Steve Griffin. I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were going to say that it's going to be like, you know, us anticipating it, and then the singularity coming is going to be like the. Like the frog in boiling water, where you know you. Mm. Yeah, well, you yeah. Know, I mean, there's some aspect of that for sure. You know, what I, was, I see, but I don't. I don't think the singularity will be like that. I think it's going to. I think it's going to hit us like a ton of bricks. Um, what you mean like Skynet? Yeah. Well, now the the singularity really, you know, in in its simplest explanation. The singularity is the point at which biology and technology cease to be there. The difference between them cease uh, to be obvious, you know, cease to be stop being clear. Um, and so, you know, maybe that in regard, you know, maybe that it will be like like the frogs in boiling water, because you know, maybe we get one, you know, one cyborg eye that helps us see, and one, you know, microchip. Uh, in our hand that opens up the garage door and then suddenly you wake up and then there's more of you that's more of you that's silicon than than organic matter 
C'est la vie. You know, I've already got a titanium plate in my leg and um, we're already carrying around supercomputers. And I was wearing, I have a new pair of shades and they got the Oakley prism lens in them. They're like some nice shades, right? And they, I was driving today and the light was nice and I'm wearing these shades and I'm thinking, I can see better with these shades on right now. Like better than I can see. Like I'm, I'm sad that Google Glass didn't, <laughs> didn't make a splash. Uh, you know, they, they've already tried some wearables where, where you can get, you know, real-time information. Like think about how handy that could be for the podcast to be getting some real-time info that you, maybe you've written, prepared ahead, or you can be pulling up stuff in your eye, in your glass, you know, I don't know. I'm ready for it. I'm not, um, I'm, it's funny because I'm, am I a Luddite? I, I think I'm a wannabe Luddite. Yeah, I, don't. I want to reject technology, but I'm already very ensconced in it with my job and my podcast and we have, you know, what, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm, but I'm also not like a, like a, I'm not trying to be on the bleeding edge of anything. Like I, I'll see a technological innovation and I'll be like, no, I'll get that someday. You know, when it's, when I can at Goodwill after someone's already used it, <laughs> you know, like I don't, I, I don't have to be on the bleeding edge, but, but I also, I'm, I do web design. I, I work with software programs for work. It's, you know, uh, but I really do want to just, just toss it all in and, and go off the grid and, and just be a farmer. And I know what you hunter gatherers are thinking. I want to be a farmer someday too. <laughs> <laughs> that, looks like a, that looks like a lot of work to me. Yeah, I, I I remember having conversations with Amy when we were younger about like, what's your like, what's your dream job? Like, what do you, what do you see yourself doing? And I I've said on many occasions, farmer. Like, that makes the most sense out of me. I'm gonna work to grow food. Um, but no, instead I'm going to make brochures for other people's products that i i don't know <laughs> hey somebody's somebody's got to do it i'm gonna make websites for bands matthew do you know the origin of the word abracadabra L let me just stop you there did we have a discussion about some other ma magical words in the past uh, yeah, we talked about... Uh, oh, open sesame. Open right. Sesame, okay, yeah. okay. All right. That was just reminding me of something. Um, <laughs> you got a little... Ab there, did you? Okay, wait. Abracadabra is is from the... Um, it's from Arabic, right? Uh, close. It's It sounds like Arabic, but it's a different language. Uh, Turkish? It's from Aramaic. Aramaic, my my second favorite Middle Eastern <laughs> historical language. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> is Aramaic Avra, is Aramaic a dead language? I think it is. Yeah. My second favorite dead language, Aramaic. <laughs> Unless there's still that, is there like that old, uh, you know, uh, Illuminati night or whatever it is? The uh, still guarding the. Uh, Oh yeah, oh yeah, that geezer. Yeah, You're taking there's, your cup, mate. There's there's one 
2,000-year-old man in a cave somewhere waiting for us to find him who still speaks Aramaic? Yeah, well, maybe. I, the, just, the, it, just waiting. The, just waiting for Indiana Jones to get there. Hard to say if a language is dead in that context. <laughs> um, no, Schaefer, tell us more about Abracadabra. Aramaic, Avra, A-V as in Victor, R-A-K-A-D-A-V-R-A. Avracadabra means it will be created in my words. Whoa. So. That seems like a pretty powerful incantation. Yeah, I think that's cool. Abracadabra. Our guest but, will appear. Yeah, <laughs> Steve will be created by our words. Uh, I, I had something else I wanted to talk to you about, though. Oh, okay. I'm here. Still I'm just, here. I'm just not sure what it is. Oh, did you see the, uh, the question from Jeff? What is your favorite represent... Uh, Sorry. I, I, I did see the third question that we had not talked about. It's like, yeah. what, is your, what is your favorite work of art uh, featuring an animal? Yeah. And that's easy, right? And I think a lot of people would say the same thing. It's, it's the dogs playing poker. Oh, yeah. It's that classic. I don't know who the, it's like an unknown artist. Some dogs playing poker. And your answer, sir? You know, that's interesting. You know, your dog's playing poker thing. When I think of classical, you know, truly great, you know, classical art, like I can't think of any with animals in it. Like when I started to picture animals in art, I immediately picture, you know, what you would call like more common art, lower, you know, lower end stuff. It's like, is that, was that considered to be a lesser subject? Well, I think I, it, I, it's an early subject. You think about cave paintings, you know, yeah. like animals and art is one of the first things. Like, what do you think to paint? Oh, there's the buffalo, the, you know, whatever. Whatever you're hunting. Um, and then my mind went to, again, I, I'm so like, um, I'm so Western, I guess, a Greek and Roman I always think of Greek and Roman antiquity and like, um, so there's uh, the three-headed dog that guards, uh, you know. Cerberus. Cerberus, yeah, who, that guards the Hades. And, um, um, and then, of course, there's animal-man um, combinations like the Minotaur and the Centaur and the Satyr. Oh, yeah, and, I love and, those. And and then, um, or in Hieronymus Bosch, the uh, the human beings with 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 bird bird heads. I did think of Hieronymus Bosch, yeah. But before we leave antiquity, there's also the um, the it's the two brothers who founded Rome and they suckled from the wolf mother, right? Yes. Um, so th those were the the ones that I thought about, and then I couldn't really think of too many. I I do think of um, 
a day on the Isle of La Grande Jete, the Seurat pointillism painting. It's actually the one that Cameron is staring at at the in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He, you know, he sees the boy. I think there's like a you know like a a cute little dog in that painting. <laughs> it was like a pet a pet puppy in that painting. Uh, the brothers, the twin brothers, were Romulus and Remus. Right. And, you know, uh, an interesting thing, if you type that into Google, one of the things that pops up is this bronze statue uh, that is in the Manila collection. Oh. Uh-huh. Of, uh, of Romulus and Remus suckling at the wolf's teeth. And then, of course, Romulus giving his name to the Romulans of Star oh. Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, folks, time We're for... S- maybe we should stop down and wait for our guest. Stop down and see if we can get Steve on. All right, let's do it. Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Part two. A podcast spectacular... I'm not and Chafee. One magical hour. I'm Matthew and Chafee's podcast spectacular. Night has fallen once again here in the Texas Hill Country. The Bill the Landlord's bird feeder is vacated of its birds, and the bats have left their roost under the South Congress Bridge. And here I am behind my microphone in my ivy-covered cave, because it's time once again for One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. And for that reason, I'm welcoming, you know him, you love him, the pride of Tarzana, California. It's Matthew Bampy. I will spare everybody the song parody. We decided to go ahead and restart the show. Schaefer wanted a second try at his intro (laughs) i screwed it up again (laughs) (laughs) we won't do a take three we had some technical difficulties and our guest is not able to join us this evening and we pre-promoted the hell out of him all throughout the show so far um so i (laughs) we just decided to just restart sometimes in life shafee you need a do-over it's like deja vu they call it a they call it a mulligan, I believe. Uh, what, what they do? What, I, I don't. What's that about? I've never heard of that. Does Jack Sparrow know anything about that? Jack Sparrow, the golfer. Jack Sparrow, the golfer, not Captain Jack. You know, you'll know the difference because if I mean the Johnny Depp, Keith Richards inspired Disney character, then I'll say Captain Jack Sparrow. But if I just say Jack Sparrow, you have to assume the golfer. Jack Sparrow, the buccaneer. This is one area where you can assume, Shafee. Okay, I'll do it. You can just Uh, assume. I have have your permission. Yep, permission granted. Let's start the show. (laughs) So what what do we have on the show sheet tonight? Well, we got a little bit of a news cruise, and we have an avocado review, Matthew. 
I mean, that seems like we're taking it back to our roots, right? Got got. Let's let's start with. I I like a little uh, umbrella in my drink when I take a news cruise. Exciting and new. I'd like to welcome aft deck correspondent Schaefer Hall. Breaking Dateline, New Zealand. New Zealand? That's right, folks. Uh, The story is from New Zealand. Did you do that on purpose? I did not. It's just the way it worked. All right. Sorry. But let me tell you, I wasn't going to miss this story because this story is the story of a woman caught attempting to smuggle more than 1,000 succulents and endangered cacti into into the country of New Zealand. Like in her body? She had them strapped to her body. Yeah. <laughs> just, it, just, it's just like the little bud that'll make yeah. the succulent, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you got just it. Like yeah. the little, like the clipping. Yeah. Not like the whole plant with the little <laughs> ceramic pot and the, gra- <laughs> the little fake gravel around it. Yeah, you definitely have an idea of what a thousand cactuses look like. <laughs> and then imagining it's strapped to someone's body is immediately very funny. I was thinking uh, of in condoms in her tummy. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, no, that, that wouldn't work either. That's the only mule and I've ever done. Uh, those, you know, her, her stash was worth an estimated $7,200 of these, uh, these endangered succulents. I wish. Holy that's, moly. That's Should we much. be in the succulents business? I guess so. Should we get into succulents? <laughs> I'm so curious. Yeah. And that's pretty much all the, that's the pretty much the extent of the story, but this is one where I have so many more questions. Like, is there, you know, is there a black market for succulents, particularly, in New Zealand, like I just, I don't know. I'm gonna have to do some research and get back to you on this one, one magical nation. It seems like there would be a lot of just wild succulents in New Zealand. Like you wouldn't really have to pay for them, right? I guess, yeah. I guess I don't know. Uh, I maybe they got special breeds that are. Is there was some kind of rare specimens? You know, I don't. I don't think of New Zealand as particularly arid. So I wonder. Yeah, but but succulents will grow down by the sea. Uh, yeah, I guess so. You know, like maybe. I don't I guess, know. It's like in like, in San Francisco, for instance, lots of, like, down in the dunes, there's a lot of succulents. I guess it just doesn't quite quite. Hey, Gorgle, how many succulents uh, grow in New Zealand? How many <laughs> how many different varieties of succulent grow in New Zealand? <laughs> and how prevalent are they? <clears throat> Going back to the show before this show, before we restarted the show, did you ever answer the question, what is your favorite representation of an animal in in a work of art? No, I didn't. Uh, And I was thinking uh, maybe, uh, you know, William Blake. No, sorry. Oh. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about William Blake. I love that topic. uh, No, it was... 
Well, yeah, because William Blake did the wood carvings. Yeah, I think it was, it's probably some of William Blake's, you know, wood carvings uh, of, you know, the tiger or... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, wood, wood cuts. Yeah, there you mm -hmm. go. Yeah. Uh, that's that. Yeah, that's cool. That's that a cool. kind of leap to my mind. Mm -hmm. And did he also do... Dude, William Blake was psychedelic, man. Mystical. Yeah. Visionary. Yeah, he did some really neat stuff, but... But speaking of visionary, have you ever seen the show Live and Maddie? <laughs> Tell me about Live and Maddie. I'm excited to hear about okay. them. <clears throat> Live and Maddie is this sitcom for kids that I've been watching with my kids. And they've actually, I think they've been through the series three times now. There's, there's four seasons. I think they counted them up. They were telling me there's like 80 episodes. And I've watched probably, I've probably seen 60 to 70% of the show. Oh, wow. Because like, they've been through it three times now. And so like I've, I've had, even though I don't watch their dumb programming too often, I do sit down with them sometimes. It's, it's fun to have a show together, you know, and talk about the show. This show, yeah, yeah. this show is really cute. First thing, it's like, it's in an old style of sitcom that I miss. You know, like the, it's a set. There's a home set, and there's a school set, and there's an outside in the backyard set. And it's very traditional, kind of an old style of sitcom. You know, there kind of became this like cinema verite version of, TV with The Office and, and Community and like sitcoms change, right? And, and they should have, but this is a real throwback. And so Dove Cameron is the star and she plays Liv and Maddie. And she, she's a, Liv is a Hollywood actress. But she's, she's, they live in Wisconsin. The family lives in Wisconsin. But Liv has had a four-year stint on this very successful show sing it loud and every time she um every time she says the name of the show she sings it she has to sing it and daddy's <laughs> like a tomboy and she's a star of the basketball team and then the the mom is the vice principal of the school and the and the dad is the basketball coach oh no wait no wait i think the dad coaches at like a college and his dream is for maddie to um, to come play for him. Anyway. Um, Craig T. Nelson. It's a really good show, man. And it reminds me of a lot of shows from when we were kids. And then it has this like, it does have this documentary style, like cutaway thing. They like cut away to characters and they'll tell you like how they're feeling about certain situations and stuff. Just little asides, like through the whole thing. And the, the youngest boy, Parker, here is an interesting plot point. The youngest boy, Parker, has what he calls the Parker Tunnels. They live in like a pretty big, nice house, multi-story, and he has dug all these tunnels through the house, right? He's kind of a genius. And in the third season, he has, he has the house in great jeopardy, and there's this whole plot series about uh, 
they're, the house is being held up by like the Thai cookbook. And the mom's like, where's my Thai cookbook? And she, you know, Parker's like, oh, it's kind of, it's busy right now. It's doing important things, you know? And it ends up, the Parker tunnels end up destroying the house. And there's this fourth season, um, Live and Maddie Callie style, where the house has been destroyed and they have to move in with the mother's sister who lives in California, right? And you find out, they, they weave in this plot point towards the end of the series that there was a documentary film crew following them around the whole time. And then like, they're like, oh, there they are, you know? And it's this like French guy and his assistant. It's hilarious. Um, I don't know. Super cute show, man. I, I really enjoy it. I like when, when, um, when I can enjoy entertainment with my kids you know it's quite fun the whole uh live being played by live and maddie being played by one person too is is interesting and all of the you know you think about like the splicing of the scenes and and then there's a girl they have that looks a lot like her but they show her from the back you know they'll be talking and they, they can splice the scene but then they have these cutaways where there's they're sitting in front of one another and there's somebody who you know uh it's a it's a goofy old old technique going back to the parent trap and whatnot you know but it, it's fun and then th this this actress dove cameron is in the disney's descendants oh yeah yeah real she's a real singer dancer type uh, like a broadway actress type thing i uh yeah i I've been meaning to actually check out the descendants based on your. So, I'm going to lay it down in avocados. Uh, season one, seven avocados, season two, eight avocados, season three, eight avocados, season four, seven, six and a half, maybe good show. Live and Maddie. Get, hey, get at us after you watch live and Maddie and you're very angry with me. <laughs> Get, get at it. Uh, I just thought of something I could I could avocado review. Uh, last weekend, you're gonna avocado. You're gonna avocado review last weekend. No, <laughs> last, How was, I was it? I was doing laundry. I think we had a we had a good we had a good podcast last weekend. We definitely did. Yeah, was that Lindsay? No, Renee. Renee was excellent. Renee. So many guests. So much fun. So many so many technical difficulties, but we've made it through. Technical we've made it through to the end of this cast. We're we're gonna be over the hump. The next cast is seventy, brah. Did you think we would get to seventy? I, I, I knew that you knew and I knew. So deja vu. <laughs> uh, last weekend doing laundry, uh, I decided that I would put a movie on, and romancing the stone. No, I had I had never seen uh, this one, and it just I don't know it it popped up really quickly. It was kind of it was a very uh, uh, quick decision uh, called "Catch Me If You Can." Oh yeah, uh, I had never seen it before, yeah, that's uh, and I I didn't realize that it was a Steven Spielberg movie. Oh, uh, and uh, I watched it. It's a good movie. Uh, I'd say I would give it seven seven avocados. I assume that you know most most folks out there have seen it. 
Um, but a really entertaining story of this con man who, uh, who kind of lied his way into a bunch of jobs. That's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. So some good acting, obviously. But what struck me and what I wanted to talk about here was it's just amazing to me, like whatever you think of the plot or whatever you think of the acting, Steven Spielberg movies always just look really good. Yeah. You know? And yeah. like going back to Jaws, you know, you know, no matter what the t time period was, no matter the quality of the camera he's using, uh, they always just, they look so good. It's just a really interesting superpower to me that he has. Did you ever watch Amazing Stories? Yeah. Yeah, remember that show? And then uh, the other day I was telling my kids, we were talking about Harrison Ford. Why were we talking about Harrison Ford? We were talking about Han Solo. Oh, no. Oh, no, I know what it was. On, on a movie we were watching, Finding Ohana, they referenced Indiana Jones. And my daughter said, Dad, this is like, Shafee, what is Indiana Jones? Um, <laughs> and so then we had a discussion about Indiana Jones. And, and oh, I love Spielberg. That's probably still a little too scary for them now, but yeah, I don't think fun. we're quite there yet. I mean, Temple of Doom is like they they pull out a guy's heart. But I mean, you know, <laughs> even the first one, Raiders, you know, the faces melting and eyes popping out, you know. Yeah. But it's fun to think eventually your kids are going to be old enough that you are going to be able to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark with them, and that's going to be super fun. I think about you alone watching. The Shining. <laughs> I want to make a movie about a young Shafee alone watching The Shining. That's terrifying. I, boy, that stuck with me. <laughs> I know. You mentioned it years and years later on your podcast. In fact, it became a hot topic on your podcast. I mean, I wasn't even that young. I was probably 14, but still... The Shining will get you at any age, I think. 14 or 15. But the thing was, my grandparents were out of town. I was staying alone. And, you know, I was in a, I was in a different town, you know. So it wasn't like I could call a friend. You know, I didn't know anybody, in, you know, except for my grandparents in the whole town. So, you know, I, I was real. It was just me. I had to just tough it out. <laughs> well, we're going to have to weave that into the the plot of this movie we're going to make. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Young Shafee and the Shining. Uh, about the Shining of Young Shafee? I wonder, is Amazing Stories available on one of the streaming services? I would you love know what, to man? I, I don't know, but I would love to watch it again. And I don't... I remember thinking at one time, how do you obtain that? But it was before all these streaming possibilities. So I... I yeah. Good question. It's not quite a cue from the J, but <laughs> mainly because your name starts with an S. Um, well, are we, should we wrap it up? I think we've, uh, you think we've fumfered our way through 69? This might not be the longest. So to speak. This might not, be, might, might not be the longest episode we've ever recorded, but We've definitely put our time into it. <laughs> I, I think it's still going to total like 
I don't want to hazard a guess. 50 something minutes. There's going to be some edits. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, I want to just remind everybody how much we love you and that we would love you more if you would review us on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) This isn't like a tit for tat system. It's pretty unconditional, but, but we, I mean, we'll love you no matter what, but we can love you more if we see your name review on Apple Podcasts. And just a reminder, all you got to do is hit five stars and you can write one word or two words. I would, I would go with Shafee rules with a Z if it were me, but I haven't, I haven't stooped to reviewing us like you have. Yeah. I've reviewed us. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it tonight when our reviews are a little stale. So I, uh, I, have no, if, I have no shame. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, then please review us. Listen, <laughs> if you've made it to the end of this podcast, I just want to remind you that we love you, each and every one of you. And we hope you'll join us for episode 70, which is bound to be better than this episode. And we particularly love the, those of you who make it all the way to the end of the podcast. Congratulations. Yeah, y'all are special to us. All hunter-gatherers are equal, but some are special. Because they're the ones who know the poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine.